Hello, everybody. I am Blaze Seifer, and this is the Seifer Scoop Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. And you made the right choice because today's a special day. For the first time in Seifer Scoop Podcast history, I am welcoming on two guests, Tommy Eastman and Jack Farrell. Tommy and Jack are two of the three captains on the men's basketball team here at Middlebury and are both incredibly successful and talented players on that squad. Tommy and Jack are here to reflect on their careers at Middlebury, both on and off the court, and also have a few things to say about the pandemic and the way it's impacted their senior year. So without further ado, really excited to get into this. All right, Jack and Tommy, how are you guys? Good. What's going on, man? Doing well, doing well. That's good. All right. So on today's episode of the Seaver Scoop podcast, we're going to chat about your careers as a Panther, both on and off the court. I want to start by asking you guys to reflect on your on-court careers, beginning with the 2017-18 season. Uh, You guys are both seniors now, so this was your freshman year. Uh, Jack, you were actually the only one um, on the team at this point. Tommy, you had transferred in. So, Jack, you'll be the main spokesperson here. But you entered the team, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the team was back-to-back NESCAC champions when you you entered the program as a freshman. So talk about, you know, walking into that winning culture. That must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it it was really cool. Um, We came in as freshmen. I think we had five guys at the time because Tommy transferred in when he was a junior. So they graduated four seniors. Um, they won two NESCAC champions before we came. And so there was definitely a winning culture right when we walked in. But there was also a huge opportunity for a freshman to make like an immediate impact. I remember we brought in four, guard, uh, four guards and there was just a lot of competitive culture during practice. You know, our senior captain at the time, Jack Daly, um, you know, didn't allow us to have any you know, easy buckets in practice, um, didn't allow us to have any fun in practice. We were always working hard, always trying to grind, always trying to win. Um, but it was fun, you know, and I'm a super competitive person. I'm always trying to play. So when I came in freshman year, I wanted to get on the court as quick as possible. I saw an opportunity for me to play. I saw an opportunity for a bunch of the other guys to play. So it really did create a very competitive culture between our freshman guards. I think we were all working really hard to, you know, get a little bit of time um, and it was just a lot of fun. I think we had a really successful year that year because they came off of two, you know, NESCAC champions, two great years. And, you know, we had great senior leadership and we had a bunch of guys that could step in right away. And so we eventually made it to the sweet 16 that year. And I think a lot of other teams in the NESCAC that year, or a lot of teams across the country kind of doubted us because we graduated, I think like two, one All-American and two, you know, first first team All-NESCAC guys. But, you know, we had the right talent that walked in freshman year to kind of fill those shoes. So um, it was a great year. We had a lot of success. Yeah, and you had a lot of individual success. Um, Jack, you're, you're guard 6'1", and you, if I have my stats right, you started in 27 out of 28 games that year, averaged 25 minutes per game, 8.3 points per game, three rebounds, 1.6 assists. So you had a pretty successful freshman campaign. Were you expecting to walk in and do so well your freshman year? You know, I don't, I actually wasn't, you know, I, I didn't really know um, what the vibe was going to be. Like I said, I, uh, I knew that they were graduating for, you know, guards. And I knew the reason why I chose Middlebury was because they played an up-tempo, fast-paced game. And I would say I'm a pretty, you know, up-tempo, fast-paced, you know, style player. And so I knew that when I came in, um, I could have an immediate impact. I think what really allowed me to be on that floor freshman year was my athleticism and how I could guard defensively. I think um, 
you know, being able to guard freshman year really put me over, you know, some of the other guys because um, that's really important when you come in as a freshman, you need to be able to play both sides of the floor. And I think my quickness defensively really allowed me to step over some other people. But throughout the year, I was really able to kind of find a groove offensively. I think I meshed really well with Jack Daly. Um, he was kind of like a bully on offense and kind of held the ball a lot of time, but I was able to like find my top find my spots and, you know, shoot some threes slash play great defense, get some transition buckets. And, you know, it was just a lot of fun. The team was a real good culture at the time. And, you know, I wasn't trying to step on anyone's shoes. I was kind of just doing my role, but, you know, I did in the end have a, like, I feel like at the end of the year, um, going into the NCAA tournament, um, you know, I felt confident in my position to be on that floor every single time. I felt like I was the best player on the floor every single time. You know, I was very confident. Um, and I think I felt that way since I was a freshman. Still feel that way since I'm a senior, just the way I am. And I think that's why ultimately I, I was in that position because I'm very confident about who I am and how I play the game. That's awesome. So that 2017-18 season, you guys went 21-7 and seven overall, 7-3 seven and three in conference. And then you guys, in 2018-2019, so your sophomore year, Jack, uh, you guys were 18 and eight, seven and three, but you finished first in the NESCAC that year. Can you talk, you know, about your sophomore year and kind of what the ingredients of success were, um, especially in conference, you guys, like I said, finishing first. Yeah. So yeah, there was a big difference between freshman and sophomore year, to be, be honest. Um, so senior year, our, my freshman year, we came in, like I said, and um, we had three seniors, Jack Daly, Nick Tarantino, and Adisa. But they came off those two NESCAC championships. So Jack Daly as a captain kind of had the ball in his hands a lot, you know, like it was, it was his game. So at the end of the game, the ball's in his hand. The beginning of the game, it's in his hand. The middle of the game, it's in his, it's in his hands, you know, when he graduated, it opened up an opportunity for the team, I think, to spread the ball a little bit more. I know you were talking about how you watched some of our highlights last year and there's a lot of ball movement. I think when we were sophomores, there was a huge opportunity for everyone to step in. Um, for the other freshmen to step up and get minutes, um, for juniors and seniors to step in and get minutes. Um, and I think it just worked out. We had a really good culture that year because I think everyone was together. You know, I think there was no, like, I'm the guy or he's the guy or someone else is the guy. It was very balanced, you know. And so I think that helped us a lot when we went to NESCACs um, and played in the regular season because there was no selfishness in the team. It was just move, find the best path, find the best shot. Um, and it worked out really well. I also think like being able to be off the court and have a great like relationship with everyone off the court really allowed us to have success on the court. You know, our seniors that year, Halal Dale and Eric McCord really, um, you know, facilitated great, like, like just great culture, great community, like building and everything off the court. We hung out all the time during the week, went to lunch together practice we would go to dinner after practice every weekend we would hang out during the day we would party at night you know like it would be like the best time you know the team the team was always together and I think that is really what allowed us to have like a balanced um successful season was because we were all friends you know there was no one that was like the guy or had the ball 90 percent of the time it was always like unselfish bas basketball that worked you know that's good. Yeah. And, and Jack, you were a first team all NASCAR player that year. So another successful 
um, individual performance. And so Tommy, around this time, uh, around your sophomore year, you're looking to transfer, right? And, and I'm sure Middlebury is attractive in a lot of ways, just the aesthetic beauty, the, you know, the academics, but when you're looking at a team that finished first in the NESCAC in 2018-19, is that, you know, one of the big attractions of a school like Middlebury, a team, like Jack was saying, with such a great team culture, a team that moves the ball and a team that is, you know, successful in the NESCAC? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I, uh, when I made the decision to transfer, I, I, I wanted to transfer because I wanted to win games um, and I wanted to play at a high level. And I just felt like Middlebury was the, was the perfect situation for that. Um, you know, coach Brown has created just such a, such a phenomenal winning program. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but he's been in the NCAA tournament like 11 of the last 13 years or 12 of the last 14. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and the team was just, I knew they were going to be really good. I thought I had the opportunity to come in and help. Um, and so I was, I was really excited to, to join the winning program. That's awesome. So last year, 2019, 20, you guys started the season off hot with 13 straight wins. I, I had to double check that when I was going through the schedule. Uh, and then, you know, eventually you guys, um, you finished 21 and six overall, six and four in conference, and you fell to SUNY Brockport in the NCAA second round. You both can, you know, can talk about the last, uh, your junior season, but, you know, chat to me about that. How did it go? You know, kind of what were the ingredients to success and talk about, you know, that you guys falling in the second round. I'm sure that was tough because you guys obviously had a really good team. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it, it, we had a really good season. We, we won a lot of games and, you know, we were actually, we we're 14 and 0 out of conference in the regular season, um, which an undefeated <laughs> an undefeated out of conference uh, regular season is a pretty, pretty special thing to do. We played some really tough teams. Um, and the NESCAC is just, it's a dogfight in basketball. It's the best conference in Division Three basketball. Um, and every, every single game, you, you're just, you're playing against a really good team. We had a bunch of teams from the NESCAC go to the NCAA tournament. Um, and again, like Jack said, we, I just felt like we moved the ball really well throughout the year. We had a bunch of different guys that could could score it. We played up tempo. Um, coach Brown really lets us lets us do a lot, right? He's not a super controlling coach. Um, he's a really good motivator, though. You know, I felt like we all played really hard for him, and that was, I think, that was a huge key to our success. Is everybody really on the same page, wanting to play hard, wanting to win? And you know, as far as ingredients go, it's just like Jack said, the the culture on and off the court. Um, and just being such good friends, you know, we want to win for each other. We want to pick each other up. Um, and it allowed us to do, do some really special stuff and make a run in the tournament too, which, uh, you know, we were obviously cut short against Brockport um, in a game that we probably should have won. Um, but we had to look at the buzzer to win it. Um, so, you know, I would, echo, I would echo Tommy. I think we had a great season. Um, like Tommy said, 14-0 out of conference is really special. You know, we, I haven't had that all year. Um, I haven't had that in the four, three years I've played. So that was definitely something that we were looking to do. And then when we went to NESCAC, like Tommy said, it is a dogfight. You know, every team we play is great. Um, and every night you play, you got to be prepared and come out to play because every team is really good. I think um, to give credit, I'm not going to say the reason why we lost the games was because we lost uh, one of our centers, but we did lose um, center Alex Sobel, who was a big guy for us. I think he's 6'9". And he left 
the game before the NESCAC. So he didn't play one NESCAC game and we had him the whole year. So he was in our starting lineup, I think all 14 games. And then when he left, we had to kind of adjust our, um, our lineup and our playing style a little bit right during the middle of NESCAC. And um, so we were definitely like transitioning and the team style was changing a little bit because we didn't have a true center. We were playing with Tommy as our four and Folger as our five and really Folger as our four and Tommy's our three. So our bigs were adjusting, adjusting a little bit, I think differently than they wanted to actually play like. Um, so it made it difficult, you know, and, and NESCAC has guys that are 6'10". Like I think Amherst had someone who's 6'9". Um, you know, big guys, Bates has someone who's like 6'9". And we didn't really have someone to match that in the post all the time. Um, but I think if we did have Sobel, we would have been able to give those games a little bit of a better fight. Um, but nonetheless, like Tommy said, we made a great run in the non-conference. NESCAC was a dogfight. And then we had a great look in that Brockport game. The game came down to a buzzer beater. And I remember there was like 12 seconds. I, I drove the lane, dished out to Ryan Cahill, one of our seniors and um, three-point specialists. And I would have taken that shot 10 out of 10 times, you know, at the end of the game playing Brockport, I would pass that ball to him 10 out of 10 times and let him shoot that. Um, and the, this one that he shot just happened to, you know, roll in and out. So like Tommy said, it was a good run and just makes me even more sad and disappointed that we don't get to run it back this year. You know, we have every yeah. guy coming back besides two, three. And uh, it's just tough to not be able to play because our team was really special and talented. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Uh, just, you know, on an individual accolade standpoint, you guys are both second team all NESCAC. Tommy, you had, you know, averaging 13.6 points per game and Jack, you were averaging 16.8. So you guys, you know, were two huge linchpins of that team. And I was going to ask about the momentum that you had created that season and how you guys think it would have, you know, flown into this year. So, you know, elaborate a little more on that, Jack, you, you just alluded to it, but you guys, you feel, felt like you, you know, built up a lot of momentum that this season would have been a, a good chance to build off that. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I could start, I would, I would say, um, you know, coming off last year, I think everyone was like, wow, like we are this close to winning a, like a national championship. We are this close to winning a NESCAC championship. Um, like, how can we get there? How can we bridge that gap? Um, but I think everyone from, you know, top to bottom on the team knew that that was possible, knew the NESCAC championship was in reach, knew that an NCAA Final Four was in reach. Um, so everyone knew that the talent was there. And I think I was truly excited to just see the work that we put in, you know, to get there. You know, I know that it's not easy. I know that you don't have to just be a great team. You got to have a great culture. You got to wake up every morning and work hard, go to class. You got to do everything right um, in terms of winning championships. But I was just excited and I guess now disappointed that we don't have the opportunity to put that work in, you know, um, to go to practice every day and see people get better. Um, to go to practice every day and, you know, look forward to the games on the weekends and go on the buses and play. You know, I think we had the momentum to do those things and to win games again. Um, and as a senior, that's really all you want is one last chance at it because I'm a winner. I love to win, like Tommy said. And the fact that I don't have my senior year, the, my last opportunity to win an SCAC championship, um, to hang a banner on the wall in Middlebury, it's disappointing and it's frustrating. You know, I, I want to be able to do that, but Obviously, circumstances are circumstances, and none of the other NESCAC teams are really playing in NESCAC, so it is what it is. But, um, yeah, just to talk about the, uh, the momentum, I think we had a really big opportunity. We had probably the best team we would have had in four years um, with a stacked lineup, um, and it would have been awesome to see how it played out.
Yeah, definitely. With, you know, six, six, six kids in our senior class. Um, I think senior leadership, senior leadership always wins games. Um, when you've got a guys, a bunch of guys that have, that have been through it and done it, you know, like that NCAA tournament last year was, I think a great learning experience for everyone. It was my first NCAA tournament. Um, I know it was everybody else had played in a few games already. Um, but to get an NCAA tournament win was huge. Uh, and to really just have, have everybody, of course, not, not Folger and DiLorenzo, but, um, to have such a such a good core of guys coming back, I I just felt like we were we were really poised to to be a really good team. You know, I just like Jack said, nothing's nothing's given, everything's earned. But um, I think we're in a situation that we you know it, we we would expect to be in the in the top ten all year and win a lot of games and and make a really really special run both in NESCAC and the NCAA tournament. So just again, yeah. very, I would also very say important. I agree with you, Tommy. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but there's like, there's nothing like playing in the NCAA tournament. Literally nothing. And you watch these games, games on D1. I'm not even joking. You watch these games on D1, and you're as a fan, you're like, wow, this is awesome. Even though D3 is like not even close to that level, <laughs> not in terms of like playing style, in terms of fans and viewership, it you still have the same path. Like everyone that plays in those games still has the same exact passion, same exact fight to win those games. I can't tell you like my freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year, most exciting parts of my freshman, sophomore, and junior year is playing in the NCAA tournament. My most, my favorite memories here at Middlebury are playing in the NCAA tournament. And uh, I think we would have been able to have like a great fight at that. You know, like I, that's why like, I like to answer your question. Like I'm thinking about how well we would have done in the NCAA tournament because we're good against non-conference teams. We're great against them, you know, because we have a great style of play. Um, and I think that, we would have been able to make a great run, but I, I just wanted to say like, there's just nothing like playing the NCAA tournament, you know? And I, the fact that we can't have that again, um, is just a little disappointing, you know? An institution on Main Street since 1949, the Vermont Bookshop is a curated haven of culture and calm, your resource for keeping up with what's happening in our world today. The Vermont Bookshop continues to adjust their safety measures for the protection of their booksellers, customers, and the community at large, while also providing the highest degree of customer service possible to make it easy for you to shop with them. You can shop at the Vermont Bookshop online at vermontbookshop.com or call them at 802-388-2061. You can order books for delivery or pickup, or following public health protocols, shop in person Monday through Friday 10 to 6 and Saturdays 10 to 4. So check out the Vermont Bookshop, nestled right on Main Street. Happy reading. I want to talk about how, you know, the team has impacted your middleware experiences off the court, kind of what the team culture has been like, you know, any favorite memories, what's, what it, you know, just what it has added in general. So you guys want to start, uh, this might be, you know, kind of a, a tricky question to, to have one answer to, but just talk about uh, the team culture. You know, what are the dynamics? What's the team like? Uh, yeah, take a stab at it. Yeah, you know, I guess, I guess I can kind of speak a lot to it because I had to, I had to come in and transfer, and that's really not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, there's definitely some nerves involved in that. Going to a kind of leaving, you know, I basically picked up and left my left my team and my good group of buddies, and you know, went to this little college in Vermont and <laughs> had to had to join a new team, right? So, I but I was I was amazed at how how close the team was, how uh, 
how much time the team spent together and everybody was everybody was just such good friends and it was so natural um just such shared interest and i think you know part of that is everybody takes basketball really seriously and really wants to win so you know having the same characteristics on the court you're gonna probably end up being good friends off the court um and as jack's kind of said spending a lot of time together hanging out on weekends going and grabbing food all those stuff all that stuff we just we were able to spend a ton of time together and it was just such a such a great experience as far as you know i feel like we all are kind of friends for life now you know yeah i would agree i think it uh like coming into middlebury obviously as a freshman you know you're excited for college but i didn't realize how connected the team was you know i didn't realize like what the dynamic was going to be whether i was going to be chilling hanging out with kids like in my hall like freshman year or like was i going to be with the team and I was surprised to see like how often I was with the team, you know, um, freshman year and sophomore year, how often we were doing things together, whether that be like eating lunch, um, doing stuff like at night during the weekends, like going for hikes, playing football as a team, playing wiffle ball at Dunmore, like anything it is, you know? And then when I grew up a little bit and became a junior and senior and moved into like a, a captain or leadership role, I wanted to be able to have that same vibe. You know, I wanted to be able to create that culture for the incoming uh, freshman Obviously, this year was a little different um, with, like, close contacts and stuff and COVID. You couldn't really, like, do as much, you know, but there's still, like, a sense of, like, wanting to be there for each other. I think, like, that that culture has provided me, like, not just friendship, but mentorship. I think, like, I've reached out to a lot of the graduating seniors for job stuff. You know, I know a couple of them are working in consulting and finance um, and business and, uh, you know, that, 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 that doesn't never change. You know, you can reach out to a Middlebury alumni that play basketball five years ago that I never even played with because it's just the culture, you know? And so I think that friendship that we built um, with the players will last a lifetime and turn into more of just like a acquaintance slash like connection. Um, um, and then the, obviously your closer friends will always be there for you, but yeah, it's a special culture. I think a lot of other teams probably experience the same, you know, coming right. into a small school, you always feel connected. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, you know, want to talk to you guys about favorite memories on the team. It might be hard to pinpoint. Um, obviously, Jack, you're saying NCAA tournament, nothing like it. So that might be your answer. But curious if you have anything else to add. Was there, you know, a buzzer beater win that you guys had? And it could be something off the court, just like a great trip to Dunmore or, you know, a great night out. Any, you know, what comes to mind right, when you guys reflect and think about, you know, your greatest memories with the, with the squad? Yeah, I would, um, I would say yeah, my favorite memory on the team is probably freshman year playing in the NCAA tournament. I think that run we had freshman year was really cool. Um, made the sweet 16, eventually lost MIT. We were beating them, I've, um, you know, unfortunately lost. But I think that whole that whole journey for me was awesome, you know, coming in as a freshman and being able to impact the team um, and, but also be, you know, building relationships at the same time was amazing. But um, the whole the whole tournament, I don't, I don't just mean like the playing part, you know, obviously the playing part is the highlight, but just the idea of like traveling, going on the bus, you know, like watching movies with the team, then going in the hotel and rooming with some like random dude in the team. You don't know who you're rooming with. You get, <laughs> get picked with a random junior and you got to watch a movie. And like, it, like, it's just like so special, you know, you like get to hang out with people. And I just want to say that the, the whole of that NCAA journey, um, my freshman year and sophomore year and junior year, it's just, there's definitely a different vibe to it. You know, you're, everyone's pumped up, everyone's excited, but at the same time, people are relaxed and having fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll say the same exact thing as Jack. For me, it was the, for me, it was the NCAA tournament last year. Um, my only NCAA tournament. And uh, 
that's it just for me it really felt like you know i made the that's that's when it really solidified that i was just so happy with my decision you know i i, I came to middlebury because i wanted to win basketball games and get to go play in the ncaa tournament it was special for me too i'm from rochester new york and we got to play in rochester so i had a ton of friends and family at the game um and being able to play in that tournament just like jack said it's it's just such it's an unreal experience i've played you know 80 or so college basketball games but sitting in line for the for the anthem at that uh at the NSA tournament just you get a different feeling in your gut <laughs> based in the marble works of middlebury stoneleaf tea house has been pouring fresh tea and chai since 2009 they traveled to the source visiting tea gardens that produce the finest teas in the world and connecting you to families that have cultivated tea for generations in middlebury Visit their tea house for curbside pickup of your favorite tea to go, whether going for relaxation, a jolt of energy, or a zen-like focus. Choose from over 200 teas. Need a way to brew loose leaf tea? Stone Leaf Tea House has tons of teaware too, from simple, durable strainers and travel tea mugs to the finest wares for gung-fu cha and tea ceremony. Not a Middlebury? Keep connected via their website at stoneleaftea.com where you can have their teas and teaware shipped right to your door. You can also check out their online tea workshops to dive a bit more into the world of tea. The Tea House is open 11 to 4 Monday through Saturday for curbside pickup and all the time at stoneleaftea.com. That's stoneleaftea.com. All right. Uh, with our last section, I, I want to talk about, you know, how this season has uh, shaken out. I know <laughs> candidly Griffin voiced his frustrations on our, on our little email chain a few days ago. So maybe voice can step in for him here. Maybe you share something similar, but talk about, you know, entering the fall, what you were hearing and then how that kind of all spiraled down to, you know, the cancellation and kind of where you guys stand now on the decision and how people have handled it. Yeah, so I guess um, you know, obviously with with the big COVID question mark of uh, of the year and whether or not we were going to have a season, we had all you know, as especially as seniors, we had all talked a lot. I feel like in the summer, kind of, what are we going to do? Um, you know, we talked about deferring the semester um, in case there wasn't a season, so we could we could come back and play the next year because, like we kind of said, we thought we had a really really special group and we all just love basketball and wanted to do that. Um, but, you know, then the college said, you know, we're going to, you know, I remember the, the email was, we're going to be committed to making sure everybody has a, has a, or a, a meaningful sports experience. Um, so we really felt like, oh, wow, you know, the college is, the college is behind us. You know, when, when Williams and Amherst and I think Bowden all, they all canceled, they said, no, we're not doing anything in the fall. So those kids, all pretty much took off their fall semester. Um, but Middlebury said, you know, we're going to make sure you guys have a meaningful experience. And so we were all, we were all in. We, I guess we kind of certainly thought we were going to get some games in, whether it's UVM or Norwich or Castleton. Um, so we were, we were really excited. And then, uh, you know, I guess we, I guess it kind of didn't really progress like we thought it would. At least I, I won't speak for other people, but I'll speak for myself. It didn't really, it didn't really progress like I thought it would. Um, as far as you know, I felt like we were really successful in combating COVID. You know, with very, I think we had one or two cases the whole semester last semester. 
um but we were never really allowed to do anything in the gym we were allowed to shoot but we weren't allowed to play one-on-one um and certainly no no effort was made by the the college to uh to get us actually playing in competition um which i think is is definitely frustrating especially now when you see other other nestec schools i know uh you know colby's playing games um other schools in vermont are playing games Nor- norwich is playing games um UVM played games the northern vermont schools played games all schools that are that are that have less funding than we did um so i guess i just feel like there's definitely a bitter taste left in left in my mouth about you know middlebury that that statement about them being committed to a meaningful sports experience when other other vermont schools are are doing it and no real effort was made i really i think i would have been fine if they had if they had canceled right away it would have probably just i think we all probably would have just deferred the fall semester come back um the next year but i think to to the way they handled it i guess i wasn't a huge fan of but you know, it's a, it's a tough time and everybody's trying to navigate it through it the best they can. Yeah, I, I agree. I think what Tommy speaks about is like, just, I think the idea of transparency, I think that's the biggest thing for us was as, you know, incoming seniors and, you know, wanting to have our best last year, um, you know, with a lot of hope and a lot of motivation going into our senior season, I think the transparency was the most important thing. And I think, um, you know, there was a lack of transparency. I think we, we should have been provided with a little bit more information. I think we made a decision to come back um, and, you know, get some games and not even get some games in, but we were, we were excited to come in and, you know, just have a great, like, meaningful experience. But like Tommy said, we weren't even allowed to play one-on-one with masks on with our housemates who were testing negative with us, um, which was a little frustrating. Um but like Tommy said, it is what it is. You know, obviously COVID is a huge and serious thing. My senior season isn't as important as, you know, the disease itself and its impact on individuals. But, um, you know, with a school like Middlebury that has the funding and the resources to do it, you know, you'd think that Middlebury would be the only school placed in Vermont, you know, in a perfect location that would have the resources and have the funding um, and have the money to do it, you know. So definitely frustrating. I think it's disappointing for some of our seniors because, now I'm graduating. Um, I'm a graduating senior last semester. Um, probably won't play competitive basketball ever again if I don't play go to grad school. Grad school is a little too expensive right now, so can't really do that. But um, I know Tommy and a couple other guys are looking to play um, at grad school. But yeah, just frustrating, man. I want my senior season back and I think it's tough for a lot of us. But obviously, you know, there's a bigger picture and you got to think about it in perspective of what's really important. So right. Yeah, and, and so you guys do leave the program behind with, you know, winning culture and you guys did so well. So talk about, you know, the the direction you guys think the program will will go after you guys, you know, graduate. Have you left in a good spot, do you feel? Yeah, you know, I think it's, I, I certainly think the, the culture exists and, you know, we were, we were able to spend time too with the, with the freshmen um, in the fall when they were on campus last, last semester. Um, you know, and they're, and they're great guys too. And, you know, I think certainly as long as, as long as the coaching staff that is at Middlebury stays, they'll, they'll always be success at mid because I really, I really have all the faith in the world of those guys and all the love in the world for those guys. And I don't, I don't see how they couldn't be successful. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the culture obviously um, isn't just going to stop after us, you know, it's, uh, it's been going for a long time. So 
It's definitely going to continue throughout the program. Um, I think it's going to be a little weird because like we obviously didn't have a season. And so like the juniors that are now seniors are having going to have not played in, you know, two years. And then some of those guys that are sophomores that didn't play freshman year aren't going to have played on a court at for Middlebury in three years, you know, so there's definitely going to be some work they need to do um, as a team, you know, some senior leadership that needs to step in and, you know, get them in the right foot. But like uh, Tommy said, a good coach, the good coaching staff and, you know, the culture that exists here at Middlebury, I'm sure that they'll, they'll fall right. All the pieces will fall into place. Right. All right. Well, boys, I appreciate your time. Uh, I want to end on a, on a happy note. You know, we got the NCAA D1 tournament here. Just want to get your thoughts. Who you guys have going all the way? What are you, what are you thinking? You know, I, I, my, my, uh, my championship game's still alive. I had Gonzaga versus, uh, versus Baylor in the final game. I had, I have Gonzaga winning it all. Gonzaga's the, uh, the team of destiny this year. They're studs. They move the ball really well. And, uh, I'm going to be winning all the brackets. I think uh, I think everyone's got Gonzaga, right? I think they look great. <laughs> They're undefeated. Um, but I took a different route. I think when I saw the stat that no undefeated team has ever won the NCAA tournament um, in history, I was like, I know um, I'm not going to put Gonzaga as my winner. I have them in my final. Um, I had, I think, I don't know, I think I had Illinois winning it against them, but obviously that got broken up. But I think right now, I have um, Alabama in, going far. I got Michigan still alive. I got Baylor still alive. Arkansas still alive. So I got some good teams. I mean, I would like to see Gonzaga win. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to beat them, dude. They look too good. But uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if it's going to repeat itself. All right. Well, boys, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. First time having two people on. Obviously, we miss we miss Griffin, but uh, thanks for you know reflecting on your career no, as a Panther and yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for you know reflecting on everything and uh, yeah, appreciate your time. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Appreciate no worries. it. All right, everybody, you have heard the scoop from two of the three senior captains on the men's basketball team, Tommy and Jack. Thank you so much for supporting the Seaver Scoop podcast. I'll see you next week with the 15th episode of the podcast. Till then, stay well and go Panthers. <laughs>